So, Lent is almost upon us. We've come again to the Sunday of the publican and the Pharisee, uh, which is uh, what marks our entrance into the Lenten Treodion, the service book that, that defines the services uh, for, for Lent. Um, and we start with the publican and the Pharisee. We have, we'll have a whole series, in fact, of readings that basically say, and this is kind of the executive summary, if you like, do not judge and fasting does not save you. This is our preparation for entering into the great fast when everybody is going to be fasting and everybody's going to be doing it, even though, you know, it's basically all the same, no meat, no fish, no dairy for 40 days plus some extra. Uh, um, everybody's doing a, a kind of more or less on the same page, but the fact, fact is where it's more or less. Everybody will have to adapt that basic rule uh, according to their own needs and health and circumstances and whatever else. Uh, and so the, the, the church is really, really adamant about do not judge. And so that's, this is the first one uh, and, and probably the most, most the, the clearest one uh, of, of the upcoming readings that, that kind of prepare us for that. And of course, also the, the, the t temptation when we do fast, and especially if we actually manage to do it reasonably well, is that we kind of tend to be a little proud of our fasting, as we'll see, as the, the Pharisee was uh, in, in, in today's gospel reading. Um, but so the, the, the gospel readings also make clear fasting does not save us. It's good for us, spiritually speaking, it's, and even physically speaking, it's actually healthy for us. Uh, but it does not save us. So, <clears throat> Jesus tells this parable about the tax collector and the Pharisee. Uh, we talked a bit about tax collectors last week, uh, uh, of course, with, um, with Zacchaeus, uh, being Zacchaeus Sunday. The tax collectors were kind of the most despised people in, well, in Israel at the time. They were considered traitors. They were not even really considered Israelites. Uh, they, they were they were outcasts, and they under they were they everybody just kind of assumed they they were they were cheating you, and they had an immoral lifestyle, and they were as close to non-persons as you could come. Uh, and as far as the Israelites were concerned, they were bad people, with a capital B. Uh, uh, the Pharisees, on the other hand. Uh, we we tend to think of the Pharisees in fairly negative terms because uh, because of Jesus' teachings and it's come down to us with these kind of this the connotations of Pharisaical like oh that's really bad. Back in Jesus' day, the Pharisees were the good guys with a capital G. Uh, they were the guys who took the law really really seriously. They made sure that they kept the law uh, and and were you know, doing everything that the law demanded down to the smallest, tiniest little uh, detail that you could possibly think of. My, my favorite is when they, they, Jesus says, you, 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 you tithe, you, 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 you make sure that God gets a tenth of your, 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 your mint and your cumin. <laughs> they go through their spice racks and make sure that, you know, okay, I've got to measure out a tenth of the spices that I have so I can make, make sure I tie, give a tenth of everything that I have to God. Uh, so, so the Pharisee in this parable, at least in, ter in terms of the hearers of this parable, this is the guy that the, everybody's going to assume is the good guy. The tax collector is the bad guy. 
and they both went up to the temple to pray. One kind of begins to think, well, wait, why is the tax collector, this bad guy, even bothering to go to the temple to pray? Pharisee, obviously, he's probably always there, right? Uh, but they both went up to the temple to pray. And the Pharisee stood and prayed thus with himself. So standing is the normal posture for prayer. The Pharisee is just doing what we would always do. And, and many of the things, one of the things I, I love about this parable, uh, and it and kind of makes it even more applicable to us as Christians, is basically everything that the, that the Pharisee is doing, we're supposed to do as Christians. So he's standing to pray. This is the normal way that Christians pray. You stand in your icon corner uh, and you pray. And he, he's, he's also lifting up his hands. You can lift up your hands if you like. Uh, uh, and and he, 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 pray, he prays with, thus with himself. I love that little detail. It may just mean, depending on, depending on how, how the translator wants to translate the Greek, it, it may just mean he's, he was like standing by himself and praying. But uh, one possible rendition is that he's praying really to himself. Uh, I can't help but think uh, of uh, uh, um, that line from Hamlet, the, the, the wicked king, Claudius, I think. Um, no, that's not right. Anyhow, he's, he's like, uh, my, my words fly up, uh, my thoughts remain below, thoughts without prayer never to heaven go. <laughs> great, great line from Shakespeare. Um, so, so he's praying, but kind of the implication here is, God's not really listening. But the thing I want to draw our attention to here most, right? I want to, I want to take a moment to look at what, what, the, what he's praying. And, but the thing I want to draw our attention to here most, especially given that we are called in this parable to think about ourselves, to think about how this parable applies to us. And, and we often get like, okay, yeah, I'm identifying with the tax collector. But no, no, we need to identify also with the Pharisee to really learn. And the thing about the Pharisee and his prayer is that he doesn't know. He does not know himself. He does not know God. He does not know what he is doing. Has no idea about the implications here. But let's take a look what he's doing. He says, God, I thank you that I'm not like other men. Okay, problem right there, comparing himself to other men. <clears throat> but, you know, let's, let's give him the benefit of the doubt here. Extortioners, yep, yep, definitely should not go around extorting stuff from other people. You know, you don't go around coercing other people to do what you want them to do. Bad idea. Uh, so don't, don't be an extortioner. Okay, so check, that's good. Uh, unjust, no, definitely we want justice, right? We don't want unjust people. So this is good. It's, it's great that he's not, that he's not being unjust. Uh, he, he's being a just person. Great. Um, uh, that's, that's wonderful. Good, good for you, Mr. Pharisee. Uh, he, he's not an adulterer. Absolutely. As Christians too, we need to make sure that we are faithful to our spouses. Uh, that can be hard at times, but we still are called to do that. Uh, and, and uh, and and so the Pharisee, he's doing that, and and generally that's that's good, healthy for the marriage and uh, to to not be an adulterer, <laughs> and and uh, and and it's healthy for society as a whole. So great, good on you, Mr. Pharisee. 
uh, or even as this tax collector. Okay, wait a second, that might be a problem, except wait, a th we, we do have to think about what, what the concept of the tax collector was. They were bad guys, right? So he's saying, look, I'm not a bad guy. Okay, good, that, that's great. Good, good that you're not a bad guy. Uh, I fast twice a week. So the Jews fasted on Mondays and Thursdays. Uh, probably still do fast on Mondays and Thursdays. I think they do still fast on Mondays and Thursdays. Uh, we we ha also fast twice a week. Uh, we, our, our dates are, are um, uh, Wednesdays and Fridays because our, our holy day kind of shifted. So that kind of shifted the dates when you would normally want to fast. You want to have fasting to be a reminder of our commitment to God. And so, and so uh, you, you, it's good to have it like, obviously Sunday, our holy day is a reminder of our commitment to God. Uh, and then, uh, you know, as you, as you go through the week, you, you need another reminder. So Wednesday and Friday we fast, and that's one of the functions of our regular fasting. So he fasts twice a week, so do we. He gives a tithe of all that we possess, that he possesses. Again, something good is ordained in the law that every single uh, Israelite was to give one-tenth of everything that he had to God. And it's, it's a really practical arrangement. And in fact, it's, 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 not some, it's something that carries on down through uh, into, into the Christian era. It, it, uh, it became a little more complicated in the fact by the by the fact that the early Christians they basically just assumed that well everything was God's, <laughs> so a lot of them actually sold everything that they had and just had everything in common. Um, uh, so that's a little more than a tenth. Uh, um, and then uh, it also got complicated by the fact that uh, Christianity actually converted the empire. And then when you had a Christian country, uh, the emperor naturally tended to give you know, tax monies and stuff to the churches. So, so some of this did fall, kind of fall out of use, but it's still a good, basic, sound principle that we should be really following in our own lives. Uh, because if you have 10 households and every household gives a 10th of their household income to the church, then you can actually have, you have a whole household's worth of funding for, to make sure that the house of God is looked after. That's the basic idea. So he's doing all these good things. He is being a good person, not simply in terms of the law, in terms of the pharisaical expectations, but you know, if, even if we were thinking about this guy, he's a good guy. And he completely does not get, does not understand the implications of what he is doing in this prayer. As they say, that's the thing I want us to focus on here, now, today. We are in a highly polarized society. And we all live in our own little echo chambers. It's really, really, really easy for us to feel self-righteous. To feel that we are good. We're the good guys. We're doing everything right. It's all the other guys who are the bad guys. And even, you know, maybe we might not be quite as blatant about it as the Pharisee, but maybe even to give thanks that we are not like other men who are doing all the wrong things. That spirit of judgment 
will cut off your prayers from God. God will not hear you. All the goodness and all the righteousness that you do, if you have that attitude, if you are judging your brother or your sister in that way, God will not hear your prayers. That's the implication here of Jesus' parable and this teaching. We have to guard against this. Because also coming into the temple was this tax collector. I'm sure the Pharisee is wondering, why the heck is he here? Right? He's not doing anything right. He doesn't care. And the tax collector isn't even praying right. He's like standing as far off from the altar as he possibly can in the temple. Kind of just hiding in a corner. Uh, he's, he's, he's not standing, not lifting up his hands in prayer. He's, he's like just lying there on the ground. Uh, prostrate, uh, beating his breast, saying, and 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 his his prayer is like so simple. It's not elaborate. It's not flowery. It's just like all he's saying over and over again is, "God, be merciful to me, the sinner." And then, what does Jesus say about this parable? doesn't always draw the moral out of the parable. Here he does. Really important for us to get this. He says, I tell you, this man went to his house justified rather than the other. For everyone who exalts himself will be humbled, and he who humbles himself will be exalted. What was the goal of the Pharisee? What was he trying to accomplish with all this good stuff? With praying to God in the temple. He wants to be justified. He wants God to save him. He wants God to look with favor upon him. But God didn't. Even though he was doing everything right. Well, not quite everything right. The one thing that he was doing wrong, the one thing that undermined all that good stuff that he was doing and that God would normally have been pleased with was judging his brother. Looking down on, condemning his brother. Thanking God that he was not like his brother. It's a pretty serious warning when you think about it. God does not simply care about what we do. He cares about our attitude, the attitude with which we do it. And that attitude has to be an attitude of humility. And the good news is, there's also the tax collector in this parable. You know? The guy who is doing everything wrong, except for one thing. He came into the temple. He prayed, beating his breast, totally, like, physically, like, realizing just how messed up he was. And saying, just re praying really simply, God, be merciful to me, the sinner. 
And the amazing thing is that one, that man went back to his home justified. God looked with favor upon him. God was in the process of saving him. That means that if we adopt that path, we too can be justified. We too can have God looking with favor upon us. What does it take to get there? Well, first of all, don't judge. That's a good start. Just what we saw with the Pharisee. Don't do that. Not a good idea. But also do approach God with humility. Do approach God in repentance. Do recognize and focus in on your own sins, your own failings, on what you need to improve, on what you where on your own brokenness. And as we do this, God hears our prayer. God looks with favor upon us. And God justifies and saves us. His glory. The glory of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Now, and ages of age.